you know, I mean, to we have to just there's absolutely no doubt that we have to prioritize responsible management of the land and especially the water just for the vitality and sustainability of the farm and, and the land itself. Welcome to the 252nd installment of Ear to the Ground, the Land Stewardship Project's podcast on family farming, sustainable agriculture, local food systems, and local democracy. I'm Brian DeVore, editor of the Land Stewardship Letter. The math is pretty simple. A healthy landscape equals a healthy water cycle. In farm country, one way to balance the books is by growing deep-rooted plants year-round in a way that builds soil organic carbon. Those plants not only filter water as it percolates down into the soil profile, but hold the land in place while storing moisture. Having continuous living cover in the landscape is a great idea, but in order to make it a practical reality, it has to provide a financial payoff for the farmers who are working that land. Beginning farmers like Carrie and Derek Redden have found a way to do that on their small organic dairy in west central Minnesota. Their production system relies on rotationally grazing their dairy herd on perennial pastures. Via this system, the animals spread their manure evenly across the landscape and are prevented from overgrazing the forages. On a fall day, I visited Twelve Tails Family Farm and saw the results of this type of milk production. The lush pastures were green and thriving, and their deep roots were building the kind of soil that creates a healthy water cycle. Since the milk the herd produces is certified organic, the Reddens receive a premium price for farming in a way that takes good care of the land. Carrie and Derek did not grow up farming, although this particular farm they're on has been in Derek's family for around 100 years. Despite their deep agrarian roots, the couple's families did not exactly encourage them to go into farming. But after taking the Land Stewardship Project's Farm Beginnings and Journey Person courses, Carrie and Derek gained the confidence to dive into dairying. After a lot of hard work establishing rotational pastures and building an organic herd, they're now more convinced than ever that their success on the land is linked to doing things in a way that creates a healthy landscape. I visited Twelve Tails Family Farm as part of interviews I was doing for the West Central Minnesota We Are Water Initiative, which is intended as a space for people of all ages and experiences to connect and learn through our shared connection to water. While we walked the pastures on a windy afternoon, Carrie described how she sees successful land stewardship and successful farming as deeply intertwined, and why she would like to see more non-farmers make that connection as well. I'm Carrie Redden. I farm with my husband, Derek. We're in Stevens County in West Central Minnesota, near Chicago, and our farm is named Twelve Tails Family Farm. We are a certified organic dairy farm, and we milk 35 cows and raise our replacements. Uh, We also raise a little bit of beef, chickens, and eggs on our farm. Um, We're a pasture-based dairy, so the cows are out grazing about seven months out of the year, and then we also outwinter the cows. So Derek and I are beginning farmers for sure. Um, <laughs> we, we got into farming as a hobby uh, as just when we became more interested in where our food was coming from and wanted to have a little more control over how it was produced. When we really made the jump from hobby to 
more of a job, I suppose, um, was after we got involved in Land Stewardship Project's Farm Beginnings course and then followed up with the Journey Person Mentorship course. Despite the fact that Derek and I are very much first-generation farmers, um, we farm on a farm that has been in his family for He's the fourth generation, so over 100 years. The farming skipped a generation in the 80s when my husband's mom and her sisters moved off the farm um, and they, grandma and grandpa rented out the farm to the neighbors for 30 years. And so um, the farm was going to go away when grandma was ready to move to town because no one else in the family wanted anything or didn't want to be on the farm and uh, we didn't want to see that happen. So we're here trying to, uh, make a go at it. <laughs> so we've been on the farm here for seven years now, uh, certified organic for the, just the last two. And our con connection to the land is definitely, yeah, that uh, it's been in his family for a long time. So yeah, we're a pasture-based operation and uh, we rotationally graze our cows. We do pretty intense rotational grazing in that we move the cows every 24 hours and um, we try to extend the grazing season as long as we can, um, up to seven months out of the year here in Minnesota. The biggest benefit we see to that is um, to managing soil health on the farm. So uh, we like to keep a per well, permanent vegetative cover on the land as much as possible, um, you know, to use perennial crops where we can. Um, and then to use the animals to harvest the crop, as well as distribute the uh, fertilizer, manure inputs. We're working to increase organic matter in the soil, to um, increase the water retention in the soil so that we can reduce runoff, You know, making the land uh, to be le less dramatically affected by extreme rainfall events, but then also to make it more drought tolerant all around. Well, we've definitely had to deal with more extreme rainfall events, something we've noticed just the 100-year uh, the rainfall events happening almost every year now, um, but we certainly have seen Im improved. Um, our land here now that's been managed this way for a few years can, can definitely tell versus the land next door that has been managed differently. Just our land is just recovering so much quicker and taking taking the water and it's not running off as much. So if people are interested in clean water and protecting our water systems, we need to be making that connection directly from the farming practices that are being used to the water quality. So when I say that um, our farming operation is pasture-based, it seems worth noting to me because I, as a farmer, like I'm very familiar with other farming practices. Um, I think to the general consumer, maybe they assume that all cows are out on pasture um, and that this is how they're spending their days. But this is getting to be more and more a unique system that, that the cows are outside and, um, and then the rotational grazing system even more unique beyond that um, because the cows are just put in a small area with temporary fencing each day and then moved every 24 hours like I said we're able to um, really manage our pastures in a way that controls invasive species like weeds and pests and 
um, really just and even extend our grazing season. It really is my passion that, um, that more people think about the farming practices that are used to produce the food that is there for them in the grocery store. Um, I think it's really easy to be disconnected from that and to just see cheap and convenient food and not think too much about where it comes from and the direct impact that it really does have on the land and the water. So as you know, fourth and fifth generation on the farm, we think a lot about um, the inhabitants of the, the land here before us. But even more than that, um, th we are always coming back to a, like a popular expression that is, uh, we do not inherit the land from our ancestors, but we borrow it from our children. And every decision that we make here on the farm, number one, we're putting you know, the health and well-being of our family first, but a very close second is responsibly managing this small, big, however you want to think of it, piece of land that we are in charge of. Um, and I think about how, um, you know, this farm and the farms around us might look in the future. And I have to focus on the fact that like we can only control right here what is, <laughs> what is ours and what we're doing, but also that um, we need to, you know, this farm, it seems so important like to maintain this farm as profitable and just to, you know, keep it here, to be an example um, to the community that like a small farm can exist, that, you know, a different, different farming methods other than maybe conventional methods can exist and be successful and uh, be an example of something that can work. I'm confident that prioritizing stewardship of the land and water is what is going to allow this farm to continue to keep going. <laughs> we have to just, there's absolutely no doubt that we have to prioritize responsible management of the land and especially the water just for the vitality and sustainability of the farm and, and the land itself. So when I look at like big picture and long-term um, stewardship goals and things like that, I think that for me, if I was measuring success then down the road, I would want to see like how many small and mid-range farms similar to ours are existing and um, that definitely more farms like this would be a measure of success you know like more farms and not less farms if people who aren't directly involved in farming uh, would want to see you know contribute help contribute to the success of small farms like that I think that people really just need to realize that you know every dollar they're spending is a vote for the world that they want to live in and if you know that means putting a little more research into where your food is coming from and the kind of farming practices that produce that kind of food, it's gonna go, it's gonna go a long way to make a big difference in supporting this kind of land management. Uh, when Derek and I think about where our farm 
will be like 10 to 15 years from now, um, the word that always comes up for us is diversity or diversification. <laughs> Maybe not that we won't be a dairy farm, but um, just diversification in crops and land use and plant species and farm systems, you know, that are going to complement the natural habitat, you know, pollinators, wildlife, things like that. Um, and hopefully we can also make some infrastructure improvements, um, you know, to reduce the environmental impact of our farm and just to be more self-sufficient. As I mentioned earlier, Carrie Redden was interviewed as part of the We Are Water initiative, which documented the stories of several farmers in the upper reaches of the Minnesota River watershed who are using innovative production methods to not only protect our water, but to make their land more resilient in the face of challenges such as climate change. The webinar series that resulted is a partnership involving the University of Minnesota at Morris Office of Sustainability, the Stevens County Soil and Water Conservation District, and Clean Up the River Environment, in cooperation with the Land Stewardship Project and with support from the Southwest Regional Sustainable Development Partnership. For more on the We Are Water initiative, see landstewardshipproject.org and go to the podcast page for episode number 252. There, you'll find a link to the Sharing Stories webpage. That webpage includes links to webinar discussions involving Redden, as well as other farmers who were interviewed for this series. For more on LSP's Farm Beginnings and Journey Person courses, which the Reddens took, see farmbeginnings.org. If you have comments or suggestions about this podcast, contact Brian DeVore at bdevore at landstewardshipproject.org, or you can call 612-816-9342. By the way, it helps us greatly if you can give Ear to the Ground a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you utilize. Thanks to Laura Borgendale, a Western Minnesota musician, for Ear to the Ground's theme music, and a special thank you to all of Land Stewardship Project's members who make initiatives such as this podcast possible. If you're not a member, visit landstewardshipproject.org to learn how you can support LSP. Thanks for listening.